Today we start a brand new study, the book of James. James. If you find Hebrews and you turn right, that's James. It's in page 177 in, in, in your little Bible. And we're just going to introduce it today and then Art will pick it up next week and then we'll go, we'll go from there. Isaiah was a tremendous study. I, I rung my bell more times than, than I can say, but uh, the, I'm looking forward to James. It's a very practical book. It's 108 verses. That's all. 108 verses. <laughs> That's two chapters in Isaiah. We had 66 chapters in Isaiah, so it took us a year, like I said, it just takes us two or three months in James. So we'll, 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 we'll see. So we start, start off this morning by knowing about the man, James. Uh, and I've given you uh, a sheet here. And <clears throat> James the man. There may be four, maybe five James in the New, New Testament. Judas, the son of James. <clears throat> and I've got a scripture out there. We're going to run some of them. James, the son of Zebedee, John's brother. This, is, this was the disciple. James, the son of, of Zebedee, John's brother, that Jesus named him sons of thunder. <clears throat> James, the son of Alphaeus, which is mentioned one time in Scripture. <clears throat> James, the less, the son of Mary. Now, you see the little tent outside of those two and you see my note down there? <clears throat> oh, let me say this. <clears throat> You've heard me say before, and it's the truth. I'm not sure I've ever had an original thought. So everything that you see, I read from somebody else. <clears throat> All right, it's some things that that, and I've collaborated with several sources. So <clears throat> this uh, uh, James, the son of Alphaeus, and James the Less, the son of Mary may have been the same person. And when we get in genealogy in Scripture, uh, we, we duplicate names, and that was part of the show at the time. And sometimes we, it's, we, we, we've lost it in the hundreds of years that have come down the pipe. <clears throat> also dates. We've said before, dates are very subjective. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, there was no, no time stamp on on what was written in a lot of cases, but a lot of cases it was because it was tied to something else. Now, <clears throat> James is backed up. We have it in Scripture, and everything we know about the Christian life is in the confines of this book. Everything we know about the Christian life is not what we say, it's not what Art and I say, it's not what somebody else has written. It's what's in this book that matters. But this book has been backed up in a couple of sources. One of them is Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, and he talks about James as the writer of, of, of the book. And also another, another source, and you forgive me, I can't pronounce it. Anyway, um, Tell me what this guy's name is. 
Oh, that's Eusebius. Okay, that guy. <laughs> okay, so Eusebius and 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 uh, and and Josephus have backed up the his. They're secular uh, historians, but they back up what's in scripture. <clears throat> that's unlike some of our what we our, our Mormon brothers, for instance. There is no backup to what they tell you. Uh, they'll they'll bring you in and say we believe this Bible and then all of a sudden they want to go to the Book of Mormons. We believe the book, this book and this book alone. It's Jesus alone and Jesus alone that saves you. So there's backup in that particular situation. And then lastly there, James, the son of Mary and Joseph. He's also called... James the just or James the righteous. And he was Jesus' half-brother. And he's the one that wrote this book. Scholars universally agree that this is the guy that wrote the book. <clears throat> now, I just want to uh, <clears throat> read some scripture um, there. And in the conservation of time, I've printed them off uh, so we can follow along together. <coughs> And uh, Ken, read the first one for me, uh, Matthew 13. <clears throat> when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there. He came to his hometown and began teaching them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brothers, James, and Joseph, and Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Okay. Is this not Mary and his brother James, who's the man that we're talking about today, and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> the book of Jude, which is a one-chapter book right in front of the book of Revelation, was written by Jesus' other half-brother, Jude. And it, he starts off and he says, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. <clears throat> it's interesting to note as we get into it, uh, James and Judas, neither one, neither one say, I'm on the same level with, with, with Jesus. You know, it, real quickly, uh, they understand who he is. And we'll get into that in just a minute in our reading. But <clears throat> Jude wrote, or what we know is Jude, which is Judas, as, as uh, Matthew uh, spelled out here, one of his brothers. And then James wrote the book as we know it. Okay, <clears throat> so let's, we're going to run these scriptures. That's the one I've got there. And I've got Mark 6, 1 through 3. Dan, would you read that for me, please? Many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? 
and what is his wisdom given to him? And much miracles has they performed by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, <coughs> Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. He took offense at him. Look on the very last page um, of your reading there in John 7, 1 through 5. <clears throat> Rhoda, would you read that for me, please? After these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee. For he was unwilling to walk in Judah because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the feast of the Jews, the feast of Luke, was near. Therefore his brother said to him, Leave you and go to Judea, so that your disciples also may see your works, which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for not even his brothers will believe in him. So we've seen two times here in Matthew and Mark that that it was a kind of, you know, Jesus couldn't do because he was in his own town. And he says, where did this guy get this authority? And they took offense at him. <clears throat> and then, as Rhoda just read, John says <clears throat> that his brothers were not believers at, at this time. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't know him. We've all been in circumstances where we, we brought the Scriptures out or we talked to somebody about the Scriptures and they, they wanted to argue with us, you know, they wanted to uh, rebut us and, and, and it's part of the show because unless the Holy Spirit dwells within you, you cannot understand what Scripture saying. But it's amazing when, when a new believer or two believers that don't know one another and, and are introduced all of a sudden very quickly and it's just, you know, your spirit bears witness with them that, that they know the Lord. So in this particular case, <clears throat> they didn't know. James was one of them. He didn't know Scripture. And he didn't understand what the Lord was going to do. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. The next scripture we want to read it. It's very lengthy and I've asked Art to read it. Acts 15. See, it says 1 through 29. Do you want me to start with 15? No, I'm, I'm do what I was written there, not what okay. I said. <laughs> Verse 15. Some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And when Paul and Barnabas had great dissension and debate with them, the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some of the others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders concerning the issue. Therefore, being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. When they arrived at Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who had believed stood up saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. 
The apostles and the elders came together to look into this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they also are. And all the apostles kept silent, and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they had stopped speaking, James answered them, saying, Brethren, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first concerned himself about taking from among the Gentiles a people for his name. With these words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After these things I will return, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen, and I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who makes these things known from long ago. Therefore it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are coming to God from among the Gentiles, but that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood. For Moses from ancient generations has in every city those who preach him, since he is read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders and the whole church to choose men from among them to send to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among the brethren, and they sent this letter by them. The apostles and the brethren, who are elders to the brethren in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, who are from the Gentiles, Greetings. Since we have heard that some of our number, to whom we gave no instruction, have disturbed you with their words, unsettling your souls, it seemed good to us, having become of one mind, to select men to send to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus. Therefore we have sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. If you keep yourselves free from such things, you will do well. Farewell. This is what is known as the Jerusalem Council. And when we were in Ephesians and Galatians and Philippians and we, we met Paul's part of this thing where he was out preaching the gospel and then we had the Judaizers come in and they says well you've got to be circumcised he said no and so when he went back to Jerusalem he went to the ruling people there and James was the one that says this is what we should do. Don't bother them with all this stuff. Just tell them, keep themselves clean from sexual Im Im impurities. Uh, <clears throat> uh, don't drink blood. And um, I forgot the other two, but anyway, there's four things right there. Just do those and you do well. Now, <clears throat> we've just read that that 
the Lord, <clears throat> that James didn't know the Lord. So what's the deal? <laughs> what's the deal there? I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and you'll have to go in your book. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. That's, that's not where I want to go. Forgive me. 1 Corinthians 15. Alright, I can't keep my numbers straight this morning. 1 Corinthians 15. Not, not that. Not. First Corinthians 15. You with me? Okay. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which you also receive, and which you also stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast to the word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. For I deliver to you as first importance what I also receive, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom remain until, until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, one, uh, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. Verse 7. One little bitty verse. It says, Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. We know at the crucifixion that Mary was there, and his brothers were there. But at this particular time, when they were in the upper room, his brother was there. And I don't know what he said to James. He brought him aside. And we've just got one little verse in Scripture. But, but it's, uh, it's very significant. Now, this non-biblical historian that Belter just called his name, I can't tell you what it is. E-U-S. E-B-I-U-S. Eusebius. Eusebius, okay. <clears throat> this is what he says. He tells us that the gift of knowledge was imparted by Jesus to James the righteous, to John, and to Peter. And those in turn delivered the rest to the apostles as they were 70 of whom Barnabas was one. He tells us that he gave him the gift of knowledge. <clears throat> he also says, and Jesus said to them, in the place where you go, go to James the righteous for whose sake heaven and earth 
came to existence. I don't know what Jesus told him. But what Jesus did tell him, James fell on his knees and says, My Lord, my Lord. Now look at the first verse of the gospel of the epistle of James. First James chapter 1. <clears throat> Go to Hebrews and turn right. Very first verse. James, the bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. James, the bondservant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's been all kind of conjecture and people have kind of made fun of the fact that Jesus, the older brother, you know, James was the next in line. How in the world could you live in a family when the incarnate Son of God was there and you were his half-brother? <laughs> you know, he never left the messy room. He always did what Joseph and Mary told him to do. and He was the perfect son. Uh, that's, that's just talk. But I, I, know, I know what the deal is sometimes. You know, this guy couldn't really know. And, and the gospel that we've already read says, you know, can, I, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And a prophet's not without honoring his own country and, and in his own family. But there came a point in time that, J, that James met Jesus as God's only son. And then he was kind of elevated. Scripture, what we just read, this Jerusalem council, James took the lead in that. And it's, 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 it's great. It's a lot of the things that we've said today, it's not a bunch of legalism and rules and ritual and everything else. It's one thing. Jesus, Jesus alone, His shed blood on the cross and His finished work and that's it. Jesus plus nothing is what we base our trust in. That's it. That's it alone. And James was the leader at that particular time. Okay, let's read another scripture from Acts. Now I've asked Pat to read that for me. Um, Acts um, uh, 21. After these days, we got ready and started on our way to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea also came with us, taking us to Manasseh of Cyprus, a disciple of long standing with whom we were to lodge. After we arrived in Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. After he had greeted them, he began to relate one of the things which God had, had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they began glorifying God, and they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed. And they are all zealous for the law. I'm going to stop you there, Pat. I'm running out of time. 
we need to move the clock back or I need to start it sooner. But anyway, <clears throat> verse 18. And the following day, Paul went in with us to James. To James. If you were coming to our church and you didn't know who to see, who would you ask to see? I like, I like to speak to the pastor, right? Paul wanted to speak to the pastor. And he went to James. He went to James. Okay, I've got to hurry on along, but let's let's see what else we can we can find here in scripture. Okay, I'm gonna leave scripture there. Uh, I made a statement down here that Jesus was a non-believer until after the resurrection and we read that scripture. That's James the man, Jesus' half-brother, who wrote the book. Now the book, some scholars put James as the very first New Testament book written. It was written around A.D. 45. And <clears throat> the reason they placed this here is that Josephus the Jewish historian dates James's birth at 62 A.D. 62 A.D. was, of course, before the fall of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., and it was also before the Jerusalem Council, because <clears throat> because Joseph um, that's when he wrote the book because James didn't mention any of those particular historical things. He didn't mention anything about the Jerusalem Council. He didn't mention, of course, he wasn't there for the, <clears throat> for the rest. Jesus, uh, James was martyred, as we know, one of the first martyrs. Now, James, the disciple, was the very first martyr. That, but James, the half-brother of Jesus, was martyred too in about 62 A.D. <clears throat> Written to the dispersed Jewish believers. Uh, he uses the word brethren 15 times in 108 verses in the Bible. The simple church order is elders and teacher. And James wrote as a pastor with a pastor's heart. And that we know we know that there's difference. You know, evangelists can light here and he can preach for for six days, he's got six sermons and he's toned real good and he knows what they are and he preaches those six sermons and he's gone. But a pastor's got to put up with us. And he's, we've got to be able to go to him and he knows it's different from a pastor, you know. I often say, of course you don't know where I'm coming from in this, but a maintenance man a maintenance man is one thing, but a construction worker is another thing. <laughs> they just, they work in the same fear. They do the same thing. A maintenance man gets it back on the line as soon as he can and everybody's happy. Is that right, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> a construction, uh, when you new construction, you've you got to do it different. That's part of the show. <clears throat> but anyway... There's over 50 imperatives in this book of 188 verses. The abundance of the commands is a signal to the writer 
very practically bent and is interested in action rather than mere beliefs and distinguishing characteristics of Christians. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, <clears throat> Velta has been in the Bible study since she's been here. And, <clears throat> you know, we were, she's go to the Bible study, go to Bible study, go to Bible study. A couple of years ago, we were talking and she said, Bill, I've been to enough Bible studies, I need to do something. You know, there a, comes a time when we've heard enough of gospel, we need to do something. And that's where the book of James comes in. It's very practical. And he said what? What is the one thing that he says? Be ye doers, doers of the word. And Chuck Swindoll, I borrowed something from Chuck and wrote it down here. He says, real faith produces genuine works. If you know Jesus, let your life give evidence of the truth. If you know Him, it ought to act, you ought to act different. And your life needs to give evidence of the truth. So James is a very practical book. And we'll pick up there next week. Any questions? Good, I answered all your questions. That's great. Let's go to the Lord and we'll, we'll be dismissed. Father Lord, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for this time and we're looking forward to this study of James. And Father, we ask that you illuminate our hearts. And, and Father, we ask that you come teach us. Not, not what Art and I say, but we want the Holy Spirit to teach us what you want us to know from the truth of the book of James. So, Father, bless us as we go from this place, and we thank you for the new beginnings we had in this new year. We thank you for all that it holds, the potential, all the mystery and the wonder it holds. And, Father, may we be faithful to do what we know to do every day of this brand new year. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it all. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.